Welcome to yet another edition of Hit the Target podcast, proudly brought to you by Hollywood Bets. I'm your host, Jesse Nagel. Absolutely buzzing this week, and we've got two mouth-watering fixtures to look forward to. Of course, the big one is the somewhat title decider, somewhat uh, title ramification. We'll see how both Arsenal and Manchester United do in Sunday's fixture. But up first, of course, we've got another massive heavyweight clash uh, in the red corner. Of course, we've got Liverpool and in the blue corner. Chelsea. But yet to discuss uh, those two fixtures and more with me is, of course, ever-present Joshua Gaylord, Chadley Nagel, as well as Desh Patab. Gentlemen, two massive uh, fixtures to look forward to. Josh, our team is in action. Of course, Arsenal, league leaders, uh, setting the league alight. We've been humble, though. I mean, we could argue that some of us have been humble. Um, <laughs> but uh like to just point the listeners' attention to the host. He hasn't been that humble. He has nope, I haven't. <laughs> he has been buzzing for Arsenal, but rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing exceptional. Um, they come up against a tough test this weekend in Manchester United, who have also been playing really well. It's been a while since uh, mm. we've had Arsenal and Manchester United. I mean, two clubs that have the most wins in the Premier League and have the most goals in the Premier League. Um, it's been mm. a long time since they've been at their best and facing off in, I mean, you've mentioned it's a possible title kind of fixture um, yeah. somewhere there there's a bit of a point gap but mm-hmm. somewhere there um, and then also early Saturday is another big clash um, if I mean I've, I've seen some things where people say if somebody just went out into the wilderness for a while and came back they'd see hey this weekend Liverpool versus Chelsea is a title match and then look at the log and it's ninth versus 10th yeah. it hasn't been pretty this could have them. been the Champions League final a couple of years ago yeah definitely um, mm-hmm. but excited nonetheless for the football mm-hmm. and, and regardless of those the, the placing on the table that, that is a big clash and I'll definitely be glued to the screen yeah well um, clearly is a heavyweight clash although both sides look like lightweights mm-hmm. uh, it's so you're talking about Liverpool and Chelsea Liverpool and Chelsea yeah, yeah it's unfortunate um, both teams have had uh, small start to the to the campaign but um, hopefully you'll see an improved performance from both sides mm-hmm. this weekend yeah uh, Desh let's start with the Liverpool and Chelsea fixture what are you looking forward to in this game mm-hmm. um, looking forward to Cody Gakpo I think mm-hmm. I've been I've been on Cody Gakpo's uh, you know his fan fan uh, park for quite some time mm-hmm. since the World Cup and uh, he's yet to deliver a goal or an assist in a red shirt. And, uh, you know, they're playing Chelsea at home this weekend. Um, we know Anfield to be a free-scoring mm. field. Um, in fact, I think only Man City have scored more home league goals than Liverpool have this, this season. So, um, you know, you're in, you're only, like, mm. only Man City has scored more than you. That, that tells you that there is still goals in that, on that pitch. And I'm sure Gakpo gets... Um, in the thick of things in, uh, in this one. Mm. Who do you make the, the favourite for this fixture? Because obviously, if you have no attachments about Liverpool and Chelsea, you're looking at both of those clubs and you're thinking, yeah, mm. I'd want to play them now. And in fact, now would probably be the best time um, to play them. You can see Liverpool with all the injuries that they have, Chelsea as well with all the injuries. Um, none of the signings, um, you know, are really settled in. João Felix is going to be missing this one. Mm. Mikhailo Mudrik uh, probably could make his debut, but we don't know how. Premier League ready, he is, of course, it could be his debut. So who do you make no, the really favourite? It's anyone's game. Mm-hmm. I really can't see a favourite or an outright. Um, you know, obviously, as I just mentioned, Liverpool do score goals, but right now, you don't know which Chelsea side is going to turn up. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, You did mention Modric, but right now, the right now, I think the hottest prospect in Chelsea is um, is Kai Havertz. I think that if he, 
if he doesn't do anything in this game, he could could find himself on a bench for for the for the forthcoming weeks. I think that uh, he's like he hasn't scored, you know. But I've been watching him, and he has been looking. Scored against likely. Palace, didn't he? Oh yeah. yes, excuse me. Yeah, but yeah. Um, he did. He did that uh, against mm. Palace. Um, but but that's um, he's he's the one for me. You mm. know, right now he's he's been um, he's been underperforming, and you know with the with Todd Bowley showing that he has um, ample funds. You know, you got the likes of Aubameyang there. The Ziyech on the bench. Um, I think there are a few injuries, but right now, with the amount of talent coming in, if um, if that if those Chelsea attackers don't get um, get on the score sheet, then it could be a bit of a problem for Potter. Um, you know, they've only won twice in the in the previous ten league fixtures, mm. so that's quite quite shocking. Um, but Liverpool, on the other hand, they've only scored four goals since the turn of the year cross competition. That's Sad. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's um, brings a smile to yeah. my face. <laughs> but yeah, who do you make a favourite chat? Of course, you've got more um, emotional attachment to this fixture. Of course, if you're tuning in for the very first time, if this is your first time listening to a Hit the Target podcast, Chad is indeed a Chelsea supporter. So, Yeah, I, I think there's a clear favourite for me, and that's Liverpool. They've you think won, so? Yeah, they've won four of their last five at Anfield. And uh, Chelsea are just... Chelsea just don't look the part, do they? Um, I think it's clear... That Chelsea are in a rebuild, um, so they're in transition. Kind of, uh, while both sides have similar have had similar starts to the season, Chelsea um, are in a are in a different position compared to Liverpool. Uh, well, Liverpool also up for sale. Um, I, I do believe that that has an effect uh, on the club and even on the players. Uh, we've seen that with Chelsea in the past. But um, after you know the talks of the club um, under threat. We saw Antonio Rudiger, who looked like a mainstay at Chelsea, mm. who was set to pledge his future and sign a new long-term deal. Um, he ended up jumping ship and he yeah. ended up joining Real Madrid. So it does have an effect on, on the players. And I think, I think if you are looking, if you're trying to find a, a, good, a good enough reason for, for, to find out why both sides are struggling, I think uh, for Liverpool in that sense, you know, the, the, the club being up for sale, there's a lot of players playing for their futures. Um, and the uncertainty doesn't help. Uh, mm. I think with Chelsea, Chelsea are now they've got a new owner. There's a new manager. There's there's new players coming in. There's a rebuild, and 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 we are not in a good way right now. But I, I'm quite, I, in fact, even this game and even for the rest of the games this season, like I don't have much hope uh, for this season. Mm-hmm. But like I, I'm I'm very optimistic about the future um, yeah. because of the. Let's um, just mention that. Ample funds. Uh, we've seen ambition from um, from Todd Bowley, which has continued from Roman Abramovich, and mm-hmm. and and so we are getting in the right players for what we're trying to do in the future. And I think Chelsea fans, it's going to be a hard watch for the remainder of the season. But I think you know the season uh, <clears throat> the season after that, um, we'll pick up again. Mm, Chad saying that Liverpool are overwhelming favourites. Yeah, Josh, I, I don't know if maybe from. The outside looking in, whether that's not particularly true, is it even Stevens going into this weekend? How do you feel? I think this is a pretty tight fixture. Um, just looking at head to head, this will be Chelsea and Liverpool's 60th meeting in the Premier League. Mm. Um, and over the years, they've been very tight. Obviously, they've been ups and downs for both clubs. This seems to have been kind of like a uh, one of the lowest points, in my opinion, over mm. watching. Um, maybe some older fans <clears throat> would disagree. 
but the Liverpool have 23 wins. There have been 16 draws between both sides and Chelsea have 21. I mean, it's been pretty tight and yeah. that's a, a good couple of decades of football. I remember actually there was a time, I think it was a couple of years ago, where Chelsea would win at Anfield. Liverpool would win at Stamford Bridge. And yeah. I think I remember David Luiz scoring that free kick, catching Mignolet, um unaware. But it, that's just been the case. So that's why I wanted to bring that point up as Chad saying there's an overwhelming favourite in this fixture. I'm saying not so much. Um, I think I can kind of see where Chad's coming from in terms of uh, home record. Uh, and in recent times, um, like you're saying, either side have won away quite often. Um, and that, Yes, that is a factor, but I think that Anfield, I think it's one loss. It was not Nottingham Forest this season. Mm. Um, and that's in 32 games that they've lost at Anfield. I mean, it's, it is, it is um, a tough season for, for, for Liverpool. Uh, and this fixture, it's hard, it, I'm, I don't kind of agree with what uh, the odds are there that have been given for 9-10 to 10 for Liverpool, 29-10 to 10 for Chelsea. I mean, mm. it might have changed by now, but that was the last one that I checked. Um, I think that over even money should be on odds for, for Liverpool. I think it's a very tight fixture. Uh, we saw the last time we can discard the two finals, I think it was, but the last time that um, they met, it was 2-2. And yeah. all four goals scored in the first half. I mean, sure. both sides came out uh, not showing much respect, in my opinion. They just came out and they wanted that win. And then the second half, they kind of eased off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that both these sides, regardless of their form, um, they come into this game knowing that they can win away from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I'm... I'm I don't think that there is a standout favourite here. Yeah. There's just looking at both these two teams, uh, Josh alluded to the fact earlier that they are ninth and 10th. But this kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season. Um, Chad mentioned that he's looking forward to next season, but you're looking at the points tally and it's not really all doom and gloom just yet. So it's, we're still in January. We're not even halfway through. In fact, I think we just about hit the halfway mark. Um, there's still plenty to play for. I think the winner of this fixture... In fact, the loser as well, but I think the winner, it just sets the tone for them to sort of kick on and qualify for European spots. You look at the teams above them, there's the likes of Fulham. Um, you don't know how long Newcastle are going to be there, whether they're going to drop points. Of course, they drop points to you know, the likes of Leeds and um, you know, held on to, to Arsenal. So those are a couple of points dropped. We see Man United now overtake them. So a couple of teams could just build a run of games, build a run of wins and this could kickstart that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. That is, um, look, it's a valid point. But right now, I think that both of them, there's so much disarray in both of those clubs. You know, um, uh, we're talking from players from the top to the bottom. If you look at Liverpool, Talisman, Mohamed Salah. Uh, he hasn't made the headlines in I don't know how many weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Darwin Nunes is missing week in, week out. Um, you know, I think Chamberlain has been, has been getting a bit more yeah. minutes and and that's that's shocking in in itself. Alex Chamberlain is like foot and and playing. Yeah. That's such a shock. <laughs> um, even at Chelsea, you know, like um, again from top to bottom, the whole injury list is um, it's phenomenal. And the amount of players, the influx of players, it's there's a lot of chaos. Mm. Um, but they look. I I really think that there is goals in this game. Mm-hmm. I can't split either side. I'm going for a two-two draw. Sure. I um I think that um, it will be there will be goals in it, um, and um, I don't think this is um, this is yeah I, I can't see an outright favorite mm. or a winner. Yeah. Um, I think that the both clubs will be coming in as a let's just get through this one, mm-hmm. and then we'll look at look at the rest of the season. What is they'll want to rank each other mm-hmm. almost against like the other because yeah. it's like a it really is like a mirrored um, sort of 
phase that's happening. You know, mm-hmm. Liverpool are in the transition now. Chelsea just, um, they're also in it, like, you know, having gone through the sale of the club. Um, you know, and they've also got new players coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, defenses are just in shambles. Um, yeah, I think either either manager will be happy with a point right now yeah. if, we, if they were offered one. Before we get into, um, you know, Chad, your prediction, talk to me about the battle between Trent Alexander-Arnold. We know his, you know, his best trait isn't defending. He's likely to come up against a new Chelsea signing, Mikhailo Modric. We've seen his incredible burst of pace. Yeah. I think it's undeniable to say that Chelsea do have the firepower or at least the tools to hurt this Liverpool team. I think for sure, I think um, we definitely have the weapons to cause uh, the Liverpool backline problems, especially Alexander-Arnold. When you look at him on that right side, he does um, tend to uh, bomb forward too much and and, and leave space behind and he, he gets beaten too easily and even... Um, it was one of the goals that Liverpool conceded recently, mm. where he was just caught ball watching. Yeah, um, but there was the third Brighton goal. But I, th- I think what I think what's good for him is, and, and team news isn't out yet at the time of recording. But I think what's good for Trent Alexander-Arnold is that Mikhailo Mudrik has yet to play a game since November uh, for Shakhtar Donetsk. So you talk, you spoke about at the start of the podcast about him possibly not being Premier League ready. I don't even think he's match ready. Sure. So um, he, he has been in training. Um, uh, so, you know, you could be involved. I suppose in order to get fit, you need to play games. So mm-hmm. I, I do believe you'll get a couple of minutes. Our, in, our, our injury crisis may force Potter to, to start him, but I don't think that would be wise as much as I, I can't wait to see this kid in, in action. I just feel like... You know, um, we don't want to prevent another injury if he's not yeah. match ready. And yeah. then, you know, that, that blows us, our chances even But now further. with all the injuries, you don't really have much option. So, so what do you do? You know, well, you know what, we, injuries haven't been, I think that's also been a, a key issue at Chelsea at the moment. They have just far too many players, uh, key players, uh, first team players out injured. Uh, Dennis Zakaria, who's been a, a, mm. a revelation to our midfield, He's on the treatment table, and I think he's set to miss a month of uh, a month out. So um, the good news for us this week was N'Golo Kante has returned to training. Reese James has returned, uh, as well as Ben Chilwell, mm-hmm. and, and N'Golo Kante as well <coughs> has started his uh, recovery. Uh, so um, it's good. That's it, good news for Chelsea because we need some of we need some good news. Um, mm. But um, in terms of this game, though, it it all comes too soon and. Mikhailo Mudrik, if he gets a chance, I, I think he can take Trent to the cleaners. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still think the way Chelsea are at the moment, they, nothing gives me confidence in them to suggest uh, a positive result, uh, even against the struggling Liverpool. Mm. Uh, Chad, we'll get to your prediction in a moment. Josh, let's start with you leave Chad for last. Let him think about, let him think about it. Um, think about all the players that he has that can hurt Liverpool and, of course, vice versa. Um, both teams haven't been in the greatest of form. Liverpool and Chelsea. Josh? Prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a, it's, like I alluded to earlier, it's a very tough fixture to call. Um, I think a little can bit I, of what Can you, I ask before you give this prediction, who finishes higher this season? Well, that's that, funny you asked that. I was just about to kind of touch on that a bit. Um, I think that I've done a bit of the numbers mm. on who can actually make or possibly make top four. I mean, after the, over the last uh, eight seasons, uh, top four is the maximum points for top four have been 76 mm. uh, and the lowest has been 66. 
Um, so there's we're now halfway halfway mark of the season. Yeah. Uh, Liverpool do, do have a game in hand. They've got 18, so they've got 20 games left to play. Chelsea has 18 games left to play. Yeah. Oh, sorry, uh, 19, 19 games left to play. Um, and the um, Liverpool basically needs 14 wins uh, and a draw to make the halfway uh, that's 75 points. With what what would usually be considered a top four spot? A top four spot. Yeah. So so. Let me just go over it. Um, over the last eight seasons, making top four has taken maximum of 76 points, minimum of 66, um, and the middle ground there is 71. Mm. So Chelsea need uh, uh, 70 points. It would be that you, mm. you'd argue that they need so many to get there, as well as Liverpool. Um, they both need 14 uh, wins out of their last last couple of games. Yeah. Um, it's a tough ask for the both of them, uh, even with signings, even if they have all of their players fit from this current position, it's a tough one. So this this fixture um, needs to be the one that the catapults, if I can say, mm. to push them to kind of uh, aim for that target. Um, so it's it's a tough one, especially <coughs> when you consider that Liverpool do not have a midfield. Um, it's it's they've got aging players; they've needed to change it for a long time. Mm. Yes, the Cody Gakpo move was a good kind of cover for some injuries up front. Um, but I, I, I would argue that they should rather spend that money elsewhere. Um, we've saw, we've seen some youngsters that they can rely on uh, in the Carabao Cup. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, Chelsea have needed a striker, an out-and-out striker. Um, yes, they have a Bamiyang, but most people looking at a Bamiyang, we knew that it wasn't, it wasn't going to be the fit for him. Mm. Um, and they went and spent money on a winger. Um, so we possibly can add goals, but not proven enough to bring in in January. Um, so I think that on, on the flip side, Chelsea, they, they needed a striker. Uh, yes, Kai Havertz is kind of like Desh said a little bit earlier, being the guy, I think he scored five goals in the Premier League so far. Um, and Liverpool at the same time now with this massive injury in Van Dijk, we know that sometimes Liverpool can suffer injury here or there, but that player... We saw how it went for them. I think mm. it was in 2020. The COVID uh, season. Yes. I think COVID it was season. Yeah. Desh uh, is an Everton fan. His goalkeeper knows that all too well. He put him off the map there for a bit and things went horribly long, wrong for Liverpool there. Um, so I think that this this is the game that's going to push uh, either side to possibly aim for, for a higher finish. Um, other than that, it could be, I don't want to use the word catastrophic, but really, really bad loss here. Mm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a draw. Uh, but that's but, not where your heart's. But I think that Liverpool, uh, like I alluded to earlier, Liverpool's home form uh, can can get them going. So Liverpool to win this game. Yeah. Um, will they finish above Chelsea? I think if if this if they if this fixture is to be a measurement, uh, we can we can discuss that afterwards. I mm. think having a look at how a team shows up to this kind of fixture, this caliber of fixture, um, it could could push them on to get a good couple of wins in a row um, and. And then we can decide that uh, right now off the bat. It's a bit, I, I don't want to leave the listeners sitting mm-hmm. with me sitting on the fence. Uh, so <clears throat> let me, the let fact, me the ask fact this that question. I think that Liverpool are both teams out of the top four days. Because if you say one is and one isn't, then I kind of know, you know the direction you're going. But are both teams in the top four days or is just one or none I think of whoever them? wins this it's has a possibility cool. to be in the top four days. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm tending to, I think it's a Liverpool winner draw. That'll be short, too short from a betting perspective, mm. uh, so I'd have to bet Liverpool at nine to ten. Um, and and in that in that prediction, I think that Liverpool is the team that will end Finish. up possibly finishing higher. Mm. Yeah. Dash, who's on the top four days? Is this 
I know you've given your prediction already, but are two teams are these two teams in the t- race for the top four? My word, I actually thought they were out, but looking at the log, we've got Fulham, Brighton, Brentford, occupying six, seven, eight. Yeah, Fulham, oh. Brighton, Brentford. That's what my point is. Like, mm. with all due respect to those clubs, they shouldn't be them. there. Yeah, I can't see them as um, Josh uh, just mentioned right now. Seventy points, I think. Um, it does seem like it's a very it, it, fourteen from nineteen wins is tough. It's mm. it's a very tall order for Fulham, Brighton, Brentford. Mm. All right, so I think like you take right them now, out. Hey, so you take them out of the equation? Yeah, look, with all due respect, them I can't see either of them or mm-hmm. any or any of those three getting it, and then it leaves it leaves the the current five, which is Arsenal, City, United, Newcastle, Spurs. Yeah. I think those five are more likely to fight to, to yeah. There's there's the top four battle amongst those, mm-hmm. but between Liverpool and Chelsea, my money would be on Liverpool to finish to, to get yeah to get to to finish above Chelsea, possibly open up um, a top four challenge. Mm-hmm. Possibly, um, I'm I that there's something about Liverpool when they go on those winning streaks. I think they can only only City can match yeah. You know, it's 100%. only those two clubs where you can actually say Jurgen Klopp has led all, like, mm-hmm. you know, is, is undefeated in 30 games. Yeah. Uh, you know, or Liverpool have... Uh, Even that know, run, one defeat in 32 home games. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, it's quite ridiculous. It's only... I don't hear any other club. Mm-hmm. And the City ones have only come up recently. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, like in the last couple seasons and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But um, I think of those... Um, between the two, Liverpool for me. And they still have... Um, I believe Luis Diaz and Jota to, to come, come back. back. That is like your mm-hmm. firepower that Diaz had at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Jota again is such a such a player can fit into most squads just effortlessly. Oh, seamlessly. Chelsea could sign Neymar tomorrow. Hey. We never know. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's always that. But um, for me, I think Liverpool we'll finish would, would finish above Chelsea mm. and and maybe maybe. No, Force, like, uh, se- like, yeah, seven to ten games later, we, we don't know where mm-hmm. what the lock, what, what the table could look like. Yeah. You know, they they have drawn Real Madrid in the Champions League. We don't know what that's going to look like yeah. if they get knocked out. Will they, they could just have focus? A free run at the yeah, League. will they just focus on the league? Um, yeah, um, Chad. Before your prediction, um, of course, you've heard what the gentlemen in studio have had to say. Um, is it too late for Chelsea, Liverpool? Um, Quite some way off now, but Desh mentioned the teams above them are quite catchable. Um, and Chelsea and both Liverpool have the quality to go on a decent run of games, um, especially with the new uh, signings that Chelsea have acquired and the players coming back from injury uh, for Liverpool. Is it over? Um, I think when you look at those teams above them, I think they find themselves in an unfamiliar position. And, There's um, hope. And, 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 and I think... Um, I think when you, when I would imagine when you're a club, um, when you know when you're one of those lesser clubs, to be respectful to them, um, when you in a, when you're in that position, you knowing who's behind you. I've got Chelsea and Liverpool behind you. I think fear kicks in, mm-hmm. and I think um, both Liverpool and Chelsea have experience um, to 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 finish the season off strongly. I do think both sides' form will change. Um, and, and, and it will improve as the weeks go on. But I fear that both sides have left it too late. I, yeah. I don't think you finish in the top four by, by one good by half. A good of, second half by, of the by, season. Yeah, by having a good half of the season, whether it's first half or good second half, you need consistency, especially in the most demanding league. 
um, uh, in the wild, in wild football. Um, yeah, I, 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 in terms of this match, I think um, I would I would definitely feel a lot better if Jao Felix was playing. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Fantastic player. Um, I th- I think um, wake me up when the when 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 the new season starts, man. When Kunku's there, and yeah. like right now, it's it's difficult to find any positivity in 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 and in, in in this game. And into you even look at Graham Potts's side. Um, Graham Potter, look according to uh, reports, reliable reports, it appears to to be that he has the full backing of. The new mm-hmm. ownership. Mm-hmm. You look at the board that they, they they've even selected, and mm-hmm. and it's all Potter's guys, and 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 so they are patient. And so if that's the case, well, we've seen him give um, uh, opportunities to players like uh, Hall, yeah. uh, Lewis Hall, left back, Chukwameka. Uh, Chukwameka. Um So there's this. I think the best for him is um, is to see this almost like treated as like a. As, as, almost as, as if like a long preseason and like work and, and see who you want, who, who is a part of your plans, who's not and build from there for, for the next season. And then mm-hmm. um, I think they shouldn't panic by while this market's open, but if something good comes up, take that opportunity as yeah. well. But I think you got to write this season off. I mean, it, it, in my opinion, Chelsea, in terms of getting it look, it, it's never over till it's over. Um, so you, they can never be written off, especially at those teams above them. But I just feel like, you know, I would like to see as a Chelsea fan that they give some opportunities to, to, to the younger players, see who's in the squad for next season. And, and the players who aren't playing uh, for, the, for, for Potter, get rid of them, yeah. no matter who they are. Mm. Um, can I ask this question? Are you, you haven't given me your prediction yet. Um, and I'm glad I'm asking it before um, I get your thoughts. Are you right now, guilty of just looking at Chelsea's downfall instead of asking yourself the question who is there to fear in Liverpool's team right now? Well, look I think I'm, I'm, Maybe I'm, answer that question, who is who is there in Liverpool's team right now that you have to, that strikes fear into you right well, now as a Chelsea supporter? Well look, he might not be on top of his, his game but Mo Salah is one you, you just don't write off, uh, hasn't had the greatest season but he's a fantastic player who's mm. hurt Chelsea in the past Yeah um, so, you know, and there's <laughs> that yoga at the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So look at uh, this, even Trent, Trent can, Trent can be superb, you know, like he doesn't defend well, but he could be brilliant on his day because, and he could end up causing us many problems. The so. question is, do you fear these players right now? At the moment, going into this at the moment, no, um, I, I don't. But at the same time, there's, there'll always be that respect, mm-hmm. uh, respect for these players that have achieved a lot. Fabinho, um, um, you know, I, I, I'm just glad that um, Mane is not in the team, and oh, it's yeah. and it is a Liverpool side that are low on confidence, that are also struggling. So that's that gives me a little bit of hope, but. You know, I agree with what Josh said, what Dish said. I think uh, Liverpool will finish above Chelsea this season. And, you know, like I keep saying, and I'm just going to echo what I've been saying on this podcast, Chelsea next season, uh, every club goes through close, uh, goes through it. And this is just our time to rebuild and, and re-look at things, uh, revisit some signings that we've gotten wrong. Mm. Uh, we've spent a large amount of cash on, on perhaps the wrong players. And I think they needs. I'm glad that the report's coming out um, from the ever-reliable Matt Law of the Telegraph, who's like a Chelsea insider. I'm glad that 
um, the report says that there's a revamp in the squad. Mm. They're, they, they're changing and they're even getting uh, rid of, they're trying to do away with player power, which yeah. has been uh, an issue with in, the Chelsea in the, way. in the Chelsea squad. So, so it's nice to see, let's see how quick it can actually happen. I think mm. this season, just, I don't know, block your eyes. <laughs> but next season, there's hope. Uh, the future's bright, I can tell you that. Mm. Switch off your TVs. Um, in, terms of a re- your in terms of a result, I'd, I'd go with Liverpool to edge Chelsea. Mm, scoreline? Perhaps 2-1. Yeah. Um, another mouth-watering fixture this weekend. Um, could have been a top-of-the-table clash had um, you know things gone their way in midweek. But Arsenal faced Manchester United this weekend, Josh. Um, title-chasing Arsenal, of course, would be the first time since the Invincible season. But right now, this Arsenal team is looking not as good as the Invincible season, but um, up there with one of the best teams we've seen over the past couple of years in the Premier League. Definitely. Um, it's exciting to watch. I think even neutral fans can agree that let alone where Arsenal might be on the table, their football has been like beautiful to watch, always attacking. Uh, we know that they come out extremely hard in the first half. Mm. Um, that was earlier in the season. Now it seems that uh, Arsenal, after, this, after the halftime, they've come in, they've scored, I think, upwards of eight or nine goals within the first 10 minutes of the second half. Sure. Um, so they, they, I think they've planned out the season pretty well in how they would like to attack certain games. Um, they've brought in players that have been, uh, I can't say unknown, but um, players that have not been ex- put in the limelight. Mm. Players like that who have performed, uh, that are willing to play for the badge. Um, and there's a, there's a unity together at Arsenal that we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, we've we've seen times uh, in the past where Arsenal have scored a goal and two players will go to the corner and celebrating mm-hmm. the rest will just meander back to yeah. the, their own half. Think of I mean, the next tweet. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's it's excellent to watch at Arsenal at the moment. Um, we're playing at home, uh, which is an added bonus. Uh, we spoke about how Liverpool have been over the years at home. Uh, Arsenal have made the Emirates Stadium a fortress this season. Um, and picking up a clean sheet for the first time against Newcastle. Yes, Arsenal didn't win the fixture, but they showed the grit to uh, get across the line when needed. Mm. Um, a win would have been great, obviously, for a fan's perspective, but a point is a point. Mm. Uh, we take it and we move on. Um, and I think that uh, the opponents, Manchester United, is they've they've had a good a good a good run at the moment. Mm. Um, against Crystal Palace, uh, they they looked a bit. Um, how can I say? They looked a bit. Not as motivated. Yeah. I, I didn't see the same motivation. I think they had Sunday in mind. Because, yeah. of course, Casemiro's missing this weekend's fixture. But up until the 88 minutes, um, when he was playing, I noticed that, because I was watching the game quite closely and quite intensely, because I, I thought, you know, I was looking at it from an Arsenal perspective as almost like a scout, trying to see, okay, who are the players that could really, you know, pose a threat to Arsenal. And I was looking at Casemiro because I think Martin Odegaard's been Arsenal's best player this season. Mm. And I was just thinking, how does our best player match against the system that Man United are utilizing? And I was looking at Casemiro quite closely and compared the Casemiro in midweek to the Casemiro I've been seeing all season is that he wasn't, he had Sunday in mind and he wasn't getting too close to players. He was trying to intercept rather than man mark. Um, and it worked until a certain point, but then I suppose until the 80th minute, um, he did get his, his yellow card, which of course, Teams him unavailable for this weekend, so it's going to be Martin Odegaard against nobody really in midfield. <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a big advocate for uh, the midfield. I think that you can always win a game if you're able to 
mm-hmm. not dominate completely, but have <clears throat> majority of the battles won in that area of the field. Mm. Um, and to, in my opinion, I think that Odegaard would have been able to win those battles um, more often than not. Uh, but without Casemiro, it does dampen uh, Manchester United's hopes for just a win in this fixture. Um, and if we look back prior to the Crystal Palace fixture, Manchester United uh, against Man City, um, they did extremely well from uh, a man-marking perspective, just mm. putting Fred on Kevin De Bruyne for the entirety of the game. I think yeah. he did. He has the energy to to run around and, and check Kevin De Bruyne, uh, even though he is a player who moves across the field quite freely. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if they did that uh, against mm. Arsenal on Sunday. And and we saw that they were uh, uh, are confident enough to play their game. Mm. Um, I know prior, when we did the podcast last week, if you go back and you have a listen, um, my uh, opinion in that, on that Manchester United versus Man City fixture was that if De Bruyne wins majority of the battles, United uh, uh, City Manchester City will win. And Ten Hag, that was his mm. main focus. He focused on De Bruyne and he took him out of the field. And like you're saying, Odegaard is uh, Arsenal's best player, which I agree with this season. Um, Fred would have been that man that yeah. could have checked him throughout the fixture and, and kept a number on him. Um, and now it, it wouldn't be the case. So mm. um, it's, it's going to be an exciting fixture to watch nonetheless. Um, we've seen confident? The, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty confident uh, heading into this fixture. I think that um, the home crowd have, have been extremely phenomenal. I mean, even mm. Arsenal, when they uh, head away, you can hear them through your TV set mm-hmm. uh, at away uh, uh, stadiums. Um, so the home crowd is, is definitely a plus for Arsenal. Um, and the, 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 the defensive unity at Arsenal, I haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Uh, it's always been a mixed match or a mismatch every now and again. And, and I remember when Saliba came back to the to Arsenal, uh, the question was amongst Arsenal fans, uh, is it going to be Ben White? Is it going to be William Saliba? Mm. Um, definitely was supposed to be Gabriel. I think yeah. he's been our best defender this season. Mm. Um, but Arteta came up with another stroke of mastery and he put Ben White at right back, which yeah. people kind of questioned at first. I questioned it myself. Um, but he's been another revelation there. Uh, and then the interchangeability of, um, Zinchenko and Tiani um, mm. has, has always been uh, great to watch. Mm. Uh, so I think defensively in the midfield, we look great. And then going forward, we have enough. I mean, Nketiah to lead the line is, is a shocker. Uh, uh, people didn't think that he'd be able to maintain yeah. this kind of form uh, that's needed for Arsenal to continue uh, getting wins, but he's, he's been uh, prolific as well. Mm. Um, Chad, of course, Josh kind of painted the picture on, you know, what Arsenal have been doing and the threat that they pose against Manchester United and basically why they're on top of the league this season. Um, but talk to me about Man United. Of course, they have, uh, you know, come under immense, uh, you know, glory this season. Um, so many people are praising Manchester United, praising Eric Ten Hag and what he's done for them this season, turning them from possibly a team who are, you know, you question question marks whether they would, you know, be in the top four quite regularly. But now they sort of punching above their weights. I don't think anyone expected to be where they are this comfortably at this point of the season. Um, talk to me about Eric Ten Hag's vision and, you know, what he's brought to Man United. Yeah, he's he's obviously a, a very good manager, a very good young manager. I think um, there was a lot of hype about him um, when he was during his time at Ajax. Uh, they his Ajax side performed incredibly well, and he was um, he he brought up some some top players who mm. nobody knew about, and he gave them an, a, a platform to to become stars. and And many 
and, and many of the stars we know today are, are down to Eric Tenag. Mm-hmm. Um, you think of Hakim Ziyech, one of his star boys uh, at Ajax. Uh, you think of um, De Ligt, De Ligt um, uh, Frankie de Jong. Uh, there's a couple of players um, uh, that, that have performed quite well under him. And I think he's got great man management. Mm. Um, I think um, he, he knows how to motivate Manchester United. Um, and, 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 you know, for, for so long we've said, man, they called man, the team are called Manchester United, but they haven't been united. Yeah. Um, but he's come in and changed that. Uh, they look like a team. Um, they've addressed the Ronaldo issue mm. um, when, it was all, uh, when it all looked um, a, a gloom and, and, and negative and, and there was negativity in the United camp. He came and addressed that. Um, he's, he's made changes to his, his coaching departments. He's added Benny McCarthy in, uh, who's, who's been fantastic as well. Uh, we've had uh, Tanag even praise uh, the South African, former South African uh, strikers' uh, input on the team and mm-hmm. how he's helped them um, um, work on, uh, master their, their, their finishing and even given them a confidence um, further up the pitch in the in the attacking third, um, I just think that that you know this game in terms of this game, while Manchester United are really find themselves in a good place, and I think if you hear me as a talk about Chelsea a moment ago about how confident I am for for the future, United fans are should be even more confident mm. because they are on the right track. Um, they have uh, quality players in in. Uh, in their squad, uh, they've got a good manager, um, and there's. I, I just think that there's just reasons for optimism. Um, for, but in terms of this game, I think it's going to be very difficult, as Josh alluded to, with um, Casemiro uh, missing. I think that's a huge blow. But Scott McTominay, it's another opportunity for him to come in and shine. Um, he did. We did see um, a better player when the moment Casemiro was signed, and he had that run of games mm. where where uh, Tanak kind of um, just uh, took his time with unleashing uh, Casemiro and getting him uh, and giving him a good feel of the Premier League. And he, stick, he stuck with uh, uh, McTominay. McTominay performed really well. So it's an opportunity for him to say, you know what, I'm ready. Um, I'll pick his hand up and come in and, and put in a master performance where you could be the hero and, and help your team. I just think that this Arsenal side at the moment uh, just so much going their way. They are fantastic to watch. They are just a fantastic club. They, you know, from I think I don't know how Arsenal fans feel, but I think from from the the rival fans looking at it, I think the ones that are honest always thought that you know no one ever doubted Arsenal, no matter what patch they were in. Arsenal are a giant club, a ginormous club, but there were many times where they they didn't behave like a big club, mm. and I think that. You're seeing it on the pitch and off the pitch as well. Like, you know, to walk away from the Mudrik deal, mm. um, uh, I think they deserve credit for that because they have now seen, you know what, we're not going to be bullied. Uh, you, you, um, we're going to pay what we think is right we, mm. on our valuation of these players. And, um, and, I, and I just think that Arsenal just doing all the right things. They, uh, it's, it's hard to see where the, it's hard to, to, to even pick out a weakness in mm. them. And they are on course to make history and become the first side in, in the Europa League to win the Premier League title, which yeah. is a fantastic achievement. Uh, you spoke about how um, perhaps not as good as the Invincible side. Obviously, what the Invincible team did was fantastic and that can never be done again, in my opinion. But correct me if I'm wrong, but Arsenal, this current Arsenal side have more points at this yeah. stage than the, yeah. than the Invincibles. 
who had drawn many games. So I think uh, Mikel Oteta deserves a lot of praise. Uh, the Arsenal pl- uh, players are performing well. And it looks like uh, Arteta's doing what he can to get Arsenal just over the line. Mm. Club in talks to sign uh, uh, Trossard. Um, so, you know, it's a lot going for Arsenal. And yeah, I can't wait to give you my prediction. Mm. 15 wins, Dish, mm. from 18 games. Mm. That's incredible. championship form. In- incredible, incredible. Um, and they just look like they're showing no signs of slowing down. Yeah. You know, both both clubs played their um, rivals in the last like week or so. Mm. Their biggest know, rivals. The biggest, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can say, okay, wait. Personally, I think the Liverpool, Man United. Well, well biggest yeah, 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 li- li- yeah. But the, that City rival. But the thing. Silver, that is definitely there, and it is it mm. is now firmly on the cards as a must win, mm. definitely. Um, but they are just. Personally, I really think it's a Man United Liverpool. It's yeah. a fixture I'll always be looking for mm. whenever biggest rivalry yeah, in the league. Yeah. Be, definitely. But um, with that being said, you know, I with both of them playing their their like you know nearest rivals like mm. just now, Arsenal did it like effortlessly. You mm. know, at certain certain points in the game, I was like Spurs can't even string a few passes together. You know, like um, and and uh, if you look at United having to come from behind, you know, is that their, is that their style? Was that the script? We'll, we'll mm. never know, but they really had to work for that. You know, they had chances, um, you know, they had a full setup. I'm, I'm, you know, it's just, it's chalk and cheese really. Yeah. Um, and it just, it goes to show like, you know, Arsenal is really running like a well-oiled machine mm. at this point, you know, like they, I can't really fault them. Um, and you know, it's, it's for me, the final piece is Eddie and Ketia firing regularly. You know, like he mm-hmm. has been getting his goals, but I really think that as soon as he starts, like um, just like every game, you think mm-hmm. how many is he scoring? Yeah, I think that is that is the only thing that I think is is missing. You know, mm-hmm. but there's so many goals from all other players. You know, you're looking at every single attacking midfielder, even the defensive midfielders are wondering, mm-hmm. even the defenders. Yeah, it's literally every every phase of the team is is capable of finding the back of the net. Mm. I don't think United will be able to cape, uh, excuse me, will be able to cope with that sort of, um, you know, uh, intensity, mm. which was the, the word mentioned in, in the initial, um, you know, in the 6-2 hiding that they caught earlier this season. They yeah. said that the squad was there. They did create chances, but they couldn't cope with intensity. Now you're going to the Emirates, which is, as you mentioned, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fortress. But... Um, it's it's gonna be super difficult, and you know they've got the new forward now, Valtuekos, who played against against Crystal Palace, mm. it, and Marshall didn't play, which tells me that is he resting, Marshall? Is he now gonna go for a high press intensity? You know, what should he do? Honestly, I think he should park the bus. I think he should really, he should really, if he play on the counter attack and play with pace yeah, up th- front. That is that is them, but honestly, it's I don't think they're gonna score more than one. Mm. If anything, I I think it's like a damage control. Mm. It's I'm really I'm really pro Arsenal, and you know if you look at the reverse fixtures, three one um, to United. to United. But Arsenal did have, um, you know, they started the game better. Yeah. You know, they they I think they they went one 0 down. One 0 up. Was it one 0 up? The, actually, VAR overturned that. We but did but go, you, do you see what down, I mean? Yeah. One 0 down and then one one. And then okay, um, you know, and of course that that decision the. The Premier League came out and said that it was not a foul on. Yeah. Um, it was a foul on Odegaard. The goal should not have stood. It should have been ruled out. 
and um, you know those small decisions go the way of the the home team. You know, it is my my personal belief that the home club does have a bit of an advantage. You look at United, the offset call against uh, City, mm. it was on the home ground again. There's that narrator that will always be made about the home ground. This is at the Emirates. I can see a decision or two going mm. the way of them. Um, and I really think it's, there's, it. I, I can only see um, a very heavy Arsenal, maybe even 3-1, you know, return the favour. Yeah, look, I, I think I've done a decent enough job to kind of stay humble up until this point in the podcast, but I'm not going to like, you know, <laughs> I'm coming out, Marshall. Now I think we're gonna smack United. Mm. Um, I think we we are definitely. You're getting smacked. We you're getting smacked. I think that's to all Manchester United fans listening out there. You're getting smacked um, this weekend, <laughs> properly. Um, it, it's it's gonna Josh be is shaking his head. No, look, I, Josh, forgive me. I've I've done well enough. I've you know I've tried to get your guys' views and opinions on this, but they're I just not, can't. They're not all nice. I, I can't hold it back anymore. Manchester United, you are getting smacked. Um, I'm so confident. Um, I'm glad Desh brought up uh, Vejos uh, because he's a player that suits Salib and Gabriel to the T. Um, you're going to play long balls. Look at Arsenal's probably two hardest games this season um, were Manchester United, they hurt us with the counter-attack pace of Rashford, uh, pace of Martial, pace of, you know, the speedy players up top. And then the other game that we actually won, but I think we hadn't played opposition like that this season was Leeds United. Leeds United ran past us with Rodrigo and Somerville and um, Adamson and, you know, Bampard when he came on, caused us a problem with that whole VAR uh, situation with Gabriel where, you know, Gabriel was sent off and then brought back onto the pitch. Those are the kinds of opposition that give us problems. And if you're playing um, the 440 mil uh, can up front, the long term, <laughs> then <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think Arsenal are winning this fixture quite convincingly. I think that uh, Ten Hag is capable enough to see that Leeds was a tough fixture for Arsenal. The uh, toughest were, the season, yeah, I think. Even though season, we won 1-0, they then were we've lucky to get away with the 1-0 victory uh, there at Ellen Road. Um, Pukaya Saka found the back of the net mm. with some great coaching from Oteta. We've seen how he's showed him how to get the ball in the back of the net from those kind of angles. Um, I think Ten Hag is capable of measuring that and seeing that the, the players that he needs to get a result. Um, I think that uh, Gonacho has been quite uh, great for United, mm. um, a youngster that's coming in that's willing to fight. Yes, to deal with Ben White, though, Josh. That's that's the points I'm making. It's it's you know I'm done being humble. Gonacho, uh, Rashford, Verhorst, uh, Bruno. You can't, bring, you bring can't them. see it. You can't bring see them. It, yeah. I'm, uh, I've never been okay. I'll I'll be honest. I was quite optimistic about getting um, a positive result against Tottenham. Against Liverpool when we played them in the home game, um, Chelsea when we played away, um, which other big team that we play? Oh, well, even Manchester United in the reverse fixture. Oh. I, was, I was fairly confident in all because we went in with momentum and we went in with a certain swagger and style that no other team in the league possessed at the moment. And right now that's the case because Man United up until um, Wednesday night were coming into the game with that swagger. And they just had a hiccup at the worst possible time. They've lost one of their best players, um, probably their most important player, not their best player, but definitely mm-hmm. their most important player. Um, there isn't a more important player for Manchester United than Casemiro, in my opinion. And to lose him against, for me, one of the players of the season. Um, oh, God. It's, it's a must match, you think, eh? 
I'm I'm saying three. I'm saying three. And I'm only saying one because of Rashford. You mm. know, like his numbers, uh, he's just outperforming himself. You know, even at uh, at the derby, I think he could have got a brace or at least an uh, you know, assist. He could have done something there. Mm. Um, and against Palace, I think the squad, do you think, do you guys think there was a bit of a fatigue element? Because they, they have been for, running. For me, I think it was what Jesse alluded to earlier. I think that they had too much of an eye on the Sunday fixture. The Sunday fixture. I think they were too focused on that. Um, and going to Crystal Palace, we know that Salas Park is tough to play at. We know that Patrick Vieira doesn't shy uh, shy from a, a first fight in the fixture when from from a football perspective. Especially against United. <laughs> yeah. And especially against United. <laughs> um, so I, I think it was more one eye on, on uh, Arsenal. And Casimiro played with the yellow card in mind. We know that. Uh, I think that camera panned to Eric Ten Hag when he got that yellow card. He was mm. very disappointed um, because he knows what an integral part That's of United That's what Man United's reaction, Man United fans' reactions are listening to this podcast. <laughs> Ten Hag's uh, reaction. How was Alisa's reaction? Is that guy on loan or? <laughs> <laughs> I think he grew up as a red devil. No, but genuinely, um, I think let's, we've kind of jumped the gun with my optimism. Um, according to my prediction, um, I'm going 3-0 Arsenal. Um, we were discussing it off air, but I said 2-0. Uh, but I think you guys have riled me up to... Mm. <sighs> it's going to be... This, to it's a place gonna be I don't want to be. Emirates yeah. going to be sold out. It's going to be buzzing. Mm. You know that. And once they get the... If, it, if they go into a halftime with a 2-0, I'm sure Arteta is going to say, how many How many can we knock them for, you know? Can I say that... Can I make a bold call? Another one. Um I feel D- like I'm DJ on the podcast Khaled. with that. Uh, DJ Khaled, you getting smacked? <laughs> <laughs> I say the game will be done in 30 minutes, where Manchester United have no way of coming back. I think Arsenal end the game in 30 minutes. Wow, mm, very interesting, Paul. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's time for my prediction. <laughs> um, I, I, I definitely see Arsenal clear uh, a favourite especially with the game being played at the Emirates Stadium. However, I don't think it's that straightforward. I don't mm. think um, it's that easy to call at all. I think Manchester United deserve a lot of credit. And yes, uh, the, the blow uh, to uh, the injured, uh, the <coughs> suspension blow to uh, Casemiro doesn't help them at all. And, but I, I do feel like they have a, a lot of quality in their squad. Uh, they have a good manager and, it would not shock me at all if Manchester United get a result. Whether even if if they if they win, it really would not shock me. Um, but I do think Arsenal, the way they've been playing at the mm. mo- the way they look at the moment, um, you know, just the uh, just thinking of the personnel at the club, and I just think that Arsenal they will do enough to get the job done. But uh, I think there's there's a couple of players they need to be wary wary of, and I don't think it's that straightforward of you mm. saying Ben White wins a battle against Ganacho. I don't think it's, it's like uh, Ben White's having a good season, but he's Ben White to a lot of other players. Mm. Um, but with respect to Ben White, because he's been fantastic. Um, but I, I think it's, yeah, uh, there, there's, a, there's a number of key battles. I think Arsenal win the midfield battle, which is why I'm also swaying with Arsenal. Uh, Odegaard's been unplayable. I think one, Probably one of the uh, the best signings of the of the season, and I think um, you don't hear this his name be mentioned enough. But Zinchenko, fantastic! You know what Zinchenko has done? Actually, he's brought you know new life into Granitchaka because Granitchaka had to go into that left back spot to try and create a back three to play with or a back four to play with. But with Zinchenko coming in, 
Chuck has moved further forward and it's just created an overload that no team has been able to com- um, compete with yeah. um, this season. I think in the reverse fixture, I don't think Arsenal had Sinchenko or Thomas Partey, Josh, I don't know if you remember. I don't think we had those two players, but um, yeah, Chad, your prediction is... I'm going to go at, uh, another 2-1 victory with uh, Arsenal to edge a hard-fought encounter at the Emirates. Genuinely, I'll be disappointed at that. But uh, Desh, you've given your prediction, right? Mm, I have, I mm. have. I'm going uh, just to reiterate, 3-1 to Arsenal. To Arsenal. Um, I think Rashford gets on a score sheet. I think Eddie, Eddie and Ketia gets on a score sheet. Yeah. I'm just, my main concern is if United go there thinking they're going to press Arsenal. Mm. I think it could get very ugly very quickly. Mm. Um, the press, it had its advantage, disadvantage against Man City. But when I saw Eriksen in that midfield three trying to close the ball down, I was like, this could this could really... Yeah. It worked. It worked on home turf. I, I really have my doubts if it's going to work at the Emirates where everybody's so comfortable with the ball at their feet. Yeah. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Very dangerous. Josh, before you get into your prediction, I just want to say, remember those times when, uh, you know, in a big game like this, we'd have, um, you know, those kind of bets where, you know, if your team lost, you have to wear the opposition jersey. Man, I miss those days. Eh? I was just about to mention it the... Sounds like you're, sorry, Josh. It sounds like you're going to just say that uh, you'll wear a United jersey. I would. I would. So if, if Man United win this weekend, I'll wear a Manchester United jersey. Oh, and that look podcast. And that's for all our listeners to, you know, you're getting smacked. Back me up on. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a writer for our soccer betting newspaper. Um, and Ryan Liberty uh, feels he's a big Manchester United supporter. And I'm sure we would bring a United jersey for you if they win. Yeah. Um, and he came so out no in the in the paper and he mentioned that the odds on Arsenal are kind of short. He feels that maybe there should have been a bit more value over there. Um, with the form that United's in. Uh, and for me, uh, I, I tend to disagree with him. Yeah. I think that I the, think value. The, value is, the value is there. Um, and I think that Arsenal can get a win here. Um, I wouldn't go as far to make any bets as our, our, our host here, Jesse Nagel, is making. Mm. Um, I don't intend to wear United jersey, but I don't think that I'd see him in one this weekend either. I think Arsenal win this fixture. Um, I think that they come out firing. Uh, I know the 13-minute prediction is... <laughs> It's a bit steep there from uh, our host, um, who is buzzing. Uh, <laughs> but I think Arsenal get the victory. Uh, they, they, I think they have enough in every area of the pitch uh, to take it to United. Um, and they will come out firing pretty quick. Mm. I think that uh, Arsenal win the victory, the, the, get the victory. Um, but if we can get a goal in the first 30 minutes, I think that's a good, a good bet to place on. Last question. If Man United somehow win, of course it goes against all our predictions here. But if Man United do win, because let's face it, it's football, are they then in the title race? I think they messed up uh, against Crystal Palace. I think if they got but three do points... do they have a chance to right their wrongs this Sunday? And no, I don't believe so. Uh, uh, I, there's, there's still a bit too much of a gap. They're not a Manchester City just yet. Mm. They're playing phenomenally. You can't discount that. But they're not a Manchester City just yet to go out and win a... a 10, row, 10 games in a row. I mm. mean, they came close. The last one that, did, that the Manchester United did that was under um, Sir Alex and when, Wednesday night could have been that. They could have yeah. been back uh, in that aspect, but um, I can't see that happening. I think that Arsenal uh, will run away with this game. Chad, if Man United win, does that bring them back? I, I think... Well, not back, but just put them in that conversation. I, I think it puts the title back in their minds. I mm. think I think I agree with 
with Josh. I think um, the the dropping points against Palace was obviously a blow to their title aspirations, but I think they can right their wrongs because I, you know I'm a firm believer of it's never over till it's over. Being a Chelsea fan, I've been seen my team leading the way to win a title and we've lost it, and I've seen us chase the title and we've won it. Um, so I just know that you know it's it's not over till it's over. The point gap, yes, there's a gap, but you know, United uh, Arsenal looked apart this season, but they've never shown us uh, uh, seasons uh, prior that they that they can you know go on go on because normally Arsenal have a good first half mm. of the season, you know. So there's also questions for them to answer, that, which we haven't seen. The, we we can assume the answers, but we haven't seen them yet. So I, I think United can definitely. Um, I, I think that will just at least give them a model boost if they are able to get three points. It'll give them a, uh, it'll be a model morale booster uh, going into their next run of matches. And you know, you uh, you just don't stop dreaming. Mm. For me, if um, if United are in the title race, then Newcastle are in the title race. That's that's what it comes down so to. So either one of them in the title race. I think Newcastle are have a better chance of being in the title race. Even if United win this weekend, which mm. I really don't think they will, I would still say United... Some would I mean, say you're taking the mickey. <laughs> Some would say you're the, would, you know, the opposite of Gary Neville because Gary Neville says Manchester United and Man City will finish above Arsenal. Arsenal will finish that this season. But Okay. I mean, well, that's interesting. But, um, no, it's not. Today not. <laughs> no, that he's... he's, <laughs> he's it's the first stage so, of denial. So far off. But anyway... <laughs> Yeah, um, the Newcastle, um, for me, they've, they just, I don't know. Mm. I, I really think people are looking away from them because it's nice they just, that they're going under the radar. Yeah, they just want them to fuzzle out or, you know, it's Newcastle, it's this, they it's that, whatever. They have up a massive injury in Bruno Gamerich, who's yeah. been yeah. their key, their mm. star man, in my opinion. Mm. Um, I think that them losing him might pose a, a bit of a trouble over the next two or three weeks, depending mm. on how long he is mm. uh, sidelined for. I think um, I think with with Ten Hag there, I don't think he'll entertain any any title talk. He he looks mm. every time I see him, he looks very. Um, re- he's got a, a sense of realism mm. about him, you know. Like he knows what realistic targets are. He knows what this team is capable of, you know. And I think that um, even against um, Man City the derby, he did think it was offside. You know, I don't think he said um, yeah anything like that. I, I um, he doesn't cheat. It, yeah, you know, he looks like a fair, <laughs> honest. Um, Reliable coach, you know, mm-hmm. is worth his salt. And you know, uh, this this weekend, um, he could he could be out there saying, if we come away with anything from the Emirates, it's we'll consider ourselves lucky. They do have a very good run thereafter. I think they play three of the next four home league fixtures sure. at home. Yeah. So again, you could look at a good run of form there, and I think it's top four for them. I don't think top two yeah. is, is what it's going for. Um, I think top four, and and that's it. Well, you've heard it from uh, Desh, Chad, and Josh, um, of, as well as myself, Jesse Nagel, of course. Um, you know, I've had to give my input on that Arsenal fixture, but you've heard it from us here in the Hit the Target Studios, uh, Liverpool to get a positive result, Arsenal to get a positive result. We're favouring the home teams this weekend. Come on, Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. Gentlemen, until next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.